Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're going to dive into what's always going to uh, always going to be a popular subject of of why aren't men men? Where are all the men at? Where, what's going on here? Where have they disappeared to? Um, there's there's this feeling in Christianity that that you you can't be this this tough guy, right? Like you use words like humble and meek and yield and loving and kind, and you get a picture of of this effeminate man who who just is like tr- tries to make everybody happy and appease people. So I want to talk to you from a Bible perspective of what a real man is, what what God expects from men. And, and I don't even need to say in this day and age, because it has really nothing to do with this day and age. Nothing, none of the decisions we make are based on this day and age. That's the thing. You, you, your actions shouldn't adjust to the climate around you. Your actions shouldn't adjust to, to what culture is saying. Culture doesn't determine our actions. The Bible determines our actions. And so there's, there's an expectation from culture, 100%. If you don't, if your actions don't line up a certain way, if you don't say certain things and not say other things and things that were acceptable 60 years ago, but that's why none of what we do should change. It should be based on the truth of God's word. Our way of living should, should work no matter what century we imported it into, whatever location we imported into. You stand up for what's true, not for what culture wants you to stand up for. If you stand up for, it's like the question of dating. You know, if you if you go off uh, the culture standards for dating, you'll be sleeping together by the third date. But if you go off the Bible standards, you're gonna keep, you're gonna save yourself a marriage. You're gonna keep you're gonna keep on the straight and narrow. And so standards change. If you go back a hundred years, the way people dated was different. The expectation. If you go to a different community, if you go to a different part of the world, if you you know every place has their own culture. Our actions don't adjust by that. It adjusts by the Word of God. So I'm gonna talk. This will probably end up being a two-part, but where are the men at? And I know for, um, uh, I know, I think we have more female listeners than male listeners, uh, but this will be good for both male and female, because I think what I see, what, what we see is people who have low standards in what they look for in a man, in a husband, uh, the person that's going to be the father of your children. So it's good to know what to look for. And I'm not saying this is a complete list because this is as you go grow, go and as you experience life, there are things that that you'll begin to see. Hey, this is important. I didn't know it was important, but I know it's important now. But number one, characteristic of a godly man. Number one is the fear of God. What is the fear of God? It's it's not to be afraid of God. It's to reverence God. It's to reverence what God says and care that you have God's approval more than man's approval. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So any wisdom that anyone's going to give you has to start with your reverence for God. You know, if you start with like a light regard for the word of God, if you if you begin with with the, I'm trying to be a man and okay, I guess I'll read the Bible, you've started off on the right foot. You 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 start with the sum total of of my life is to please God. My number one aim in life is to please God. So you start with a reverence for God. You start with with the the purpose of your life being aimed at pleasing God. So number one is the fear of God. I do what God says. I'd rather die than disobey the word of God. You know, you have to make up your mind on that. 
Because there'll come a time where you'll have an opportunity to compromise. And if you haven't made up your mind in advance, you will compromise. I'd rather die than fall into sin. I'd rather die believing, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those are men. Listen, King, <laughs> we're, not, we're not serving the golden image. We're not going to worship the golden image. God is able to save us from this fire. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. You make up your mind. You, you have to have a purpose in life and you have to have a plumb line. That's why for me, when I vote, you know, the decisions I make voting are based out of the word of God. The decisions I make in, in, in the way I respond to the, the events of today are all based out of the word of God. You know, even when I look at, you look at, yeah, how you vote at the presidency, you look at how you, uh, the, the people you choose to put in office, anyone who has a one world agenda is ushering in the antichrist. And so from a Bible perspective, I just know, <laughs> I, I don't want to be at the forefront of pushing forward a candidate who's, who has a more view of like, hey, let's make the world good. No, anything that's pushing for one world. So when President Trump, you know, uh, separated the U.S. from the World Health Organization, I look at that. There's things I don't like about President Trump, but I look at that and I say, man, he's pushing us away from a one world system. This is good. He supports, he supports, he was the, he's the only president who made a speech for, uh, for pro-life, pro-life, um, the pro-life council or whatever it was. He's the only president who actually showed up and made a speech. And so you, you, you base it off the word of God. I don't believe there can be a perfect candidate, but if I'm choosing between two, the one that's pushing in the direction of, of away from the, uh, the family that God has intended towards abortion, towards one world stuff, globalism. That's the one I push against. Why? Because everything comes back to the word of God. So number one, fear of God. There's going to be things in the, in the next points that'll have the fear of God in it, but I've put it as his own category. Number two, strong in faith. You know, you should, as a man, you should be, you should be looking ahead now. If you're in a relationship, if you're not you should be looking ahead that you're going to lead the relationship. God called on you to lead. It's the woman's job to follow your leading. And so you're going to be put in a place of leadership. You need to be strong in faith. Strong in faith doesn't come one day. Strong in faith is a decision you make. And this goes for the women too. Just because the man is strong in faith doesn't mean you don't need to be strong in faith. But men, you need to be strong in faith. There's people in Bible school and people in Bible school who do it right. But then there's just as many people in Bible school who don't engage their faith. They don't engage their faith. Things are paid for. They don't fill their heart with the word. You choose that I'm going to be a person who stands on the word of God. And how do you do that? You start by meditating in the word of God, memorizing scripture, putting the word of God in your heart, praying scriptures, digesting the word for yourself. Become a person who's strong in faith. Start using your faith. Pastor Rodney said something last night. He said, you know, you, at first you use your faith for you. But he said the greatest joy is using your faith for other people. Why don't you do that? If all your needs are met, if you're taken care of, if your bills are paid, use your faith for something else. The Bible said he gives seed to the sower. So if you're a sower, ask him for seed. Use your faith to, to get seed to come in. Be a person who's strong in faith. If you don't start now, when will you start? 
The next one is studied. I want to read 2 Timothy verse chapter 2, verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. The, the King James says, rightly dividing the word of truth. So there's a right way to handle the word of God and a wrong way to handle the word of God. And that comes with study. That comes with hours and hours and weeks and weeks and months and months and years and years of study. It's really a course that you set for your life. Well, you know, I'm not really called to the ministry. It doesn't matter. You study to show yourself approved. You study to be a person who can lead. You know, you you have to be able to say, you have to always be moving forward with the things of God. So you're not ashamed. This is where I believe people fail because they look and, and they place wrong. You know, God has a value system, things that he values more than others. You know, God values souls. That's, that's God's number one agenda. The Bible says he's giving more time for people to repent. So when you see a church that doesn't have an evangelism department or doesn't even try to do outreaches, doesn't have any soul winning, you, you realize that they're not on the same value system that God is. Money doesn't matter that much to God. It's a tool to get things done. God doesn't need it. It's not valuable to him. The streets in the, in, in the, the planet that he made called heaven The streets are made of gold, clear gold. Money on earth is not valuable to him, but it's, it's to get the, to get a job done. It's to do something with, right? And so people have a priority system, but you, you choose to be a person who studies the word in the word. I've said this pretty often, but you should never be going to the word just to find a a message you should always have something in your heart. I live with something in my heart that I'm meditating on, something the Lord's showing me, the scriptures that's revolving over my heart. Why? So if I'm ever called on, I live ready to go that if a microphone was handed to me, I'm ready to preach at all times. Why? Because I have something that's going over in my heart, something that's alive, that's awake on the inside. And then just taking time to study. Study the name of Jesus. Study the blood If you're looking for a place to start, study the name of Jesus, study the blood, study salvation, study the baptism in the Holy Ghost. You study, you pick a subject and you study. This is so you're not ashamed. You should be able to lead. Proper doctrine is important. Next one, pure, living living a pure life. Job talks about making a covenant with your eyes, not giving into temptation, not a light regard for sin. That goes back into the fear of the Lord, not a light regard for sin. You can't have a light regard for sin. You have to cheat, treat sin like an open door, like you're going to sleep and there's a door that you've left open to the elements. You, you shut the door as fast as you can. If you say, man, it's an addiction, I can't get past it, you ask God to help you. You go, you go talk to someone in leadership. Hey, this is what I'm dealing with. I have to bring it to the light. The devil wants to fight in the dark. You bring it to the light. Not a light regard for sin. The moment you think, oh, it's okay, God will forgive me. You, you're in a dangerous place. Your heart is growing cold. God is a holy God. You live a pure life. Decide to be pure now. People have this idea that you get married and if you're in, you know, if you're if you're dealing with lust or whatever that that just goes away when you're married. No, cuz lust is not the same thing as love. It's still it's it's a spirit that you have to fight against. And so you fight and you win that battle now. And then I'm going to skip down here and I'm going to talk about vigilant as men, we need to be vigilant. What does that mean? You, you, you remain ready at all times. The Bible says watch and pray, but just on a very natural level. 
as a man, you're the protector in the home. You're the protector in the home. I was raised by a single mom, so I wasn't raised to be like a fighter, right? I wasn't raised to like be the one who, but my mom, when I was young, I remember there was this kid that was picking on my, uh, picking on me, or well, it happened both to my brother and to me, but this kid was picking on my brother and uh, it was back in a school in South Africa. And so they had to wear uniforms and part of the uniforms were these big like school clawed shoes, right? These big like school shoes. And um, my mom said to Tim, and I remember it because it stood out to me because here I have a single mom, you know, she's a short lady. You don't, but she said, Hey, if he picks on you again, this is what you do. You kick him as hard as you can in the shin with your shoe. <laughs> you know, turn the other cheek. No, you kick him as hard as you can in the shin, and he'll never pick on you again. And 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 then, because but first she said, but try this today at lunch. I'm going to give you extra lunch to give to him. And sure enough, the first one worked. So the the one I'm over, and then they my bro, my brother and his that that guy became friends. But the backup plan was if the lunch doesn't work. If bribing him with lunch doesn't make him your friend, the next time, kick him as hard as you can in the shins. You know, you you choose that you're going to be a person who's there to protect your family. I remember having this weird feeling when I got married, a feeling that I had never had before. But I got married, and I was looking at Krista, and I thought, man, if anyone tried to hurt her, and I just had this thought, and it's still crazy to me to this day, but I just had this thought, man, if anyone tried to hurt my wife, I would rip their arms out of their sockets and beat them to death with their own arms. And I thought, man, that's so crazy to think. Like I was kind of shocked that I had that thought, but then I was, I realized I'm okay with that. I would actually do that. I would beat someone to death if they tried to hurt my wife. And then the same thing with my son. If someone tried to hurt my son, I would beat them to death. I would, I wouldn't stop until they're dead. Why? (laughs) Because I'm the protector of this home. And so you get to see how God feels about you in protecting you. He gives his angels charge of you to keep you in all your ways. He, he, he gives his angels, the angel of the Lord encamps around about those that fear him to deliver them. But there's something about being, and I'm not saying you need to go take fighting lessons, but you need to be vigilant that when you go to sleep at night, you're the one who protects the family. You're the one who's paying attention. You're being aware. You're walking into a situation and you're looking around. You're looking at people. If someone checks my wife out, yeah, you you don't you oh, if someone tries, you you stare him, death stare him. Like if you do that again, I'm going to I'm going to rip your head off. And I know this I know. I know this is not the normal uh podcast that you're used to hearing. But talking to the men, men need to be men, not pansies. There's a time to turn the other cheek, but not with my If you mess with me, I'll turn the other cheek. If you mess with my wife and my kids, I'll I'll rip your head off. It'll, it'll be a wrap. You, you don't do that. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll find yourself r- wishing you had never barked up this tree. And so men need to be vigilant. They need to be protectors. You need to have something on the inside of you. I'm not saying you need to go train. And if you want to, you can train. You can go train. I, I, I'm personally, I'm a gun owner. And I carry almost everywhere I go, I carry. Maybe I shouldn't be telling you that. I have a, I have a permit to do so. But I leave the house. And why? Because I'm not willing to put my, 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 to be in a place where someone stupid comes up and tries something and I'm not ready to go. I'm not a great fighter. I think I could throw a punch if I needed to, but I've never, I've never tried, right? I've never practiced, never gotten into fights growing up, but I'm not willing. 
My wife depends on me for protection. My son depends on me for protection. So there needs to be something on the inside. But that goes into faith too. There needs to be a fight of faith. You need to learn how to fight. If you're up against something, if it's temptation, you fight with scriptures. You get your scripture cards and you fight. You res- the Bible says to resist the devil. It doesn't mean you just stand around and wait sad and, oh, I hope this will pass. No, it's not this too shall pass. You, you actively engage. You, there needs to be a fight on the inside of you as a man. In faith and in the natural, you need to be ready to fight. You need to be a man. I'm not saying you're going out picking fights. You're not driving around town with a gun looking for trouble. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if the time came, I'm going to tell you one last thing. I had a guy ask me, a guy um, who I got to pray with and lead to, the, lead to the Lord. And he said, hey, let me ask you a question. Um, as a Christian, is it, I, I, he said, I, I feel like I, I want to buy a gun and, um, so I can protect my family. And uh, he said, my mom doesn't like the idea and my family doesn't like the idea, but I really feel like I want to have something beside my bed. And I told him, well, I'm a gun owner. I have a gun beside my bed. And uh, he said, but, but from, a, from the Bible, is it, um, would, if, I, if someone broke into my house and I shot them, would I go to hell for shooting them? He said, I know a lot of people have this question. And so I opened to Luke 22 and it says, Jesus said, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy a sword. I said, you know, there's two different things. It's all about the motive of the heart. If someone broke in and, and is trying to hurt my family and I kill them and I shoot them, that's to defend me. There's no hatred in my heart towards that person. I'm just saying I love my family. And so I'm shooting this person. It's a difference than if I get in my car and I go hunt someone down. Hey, someone, you know, did something. Even if someone took, even if someone stole my wife, right? Or whatever, whatever the scenario was. If I'm putting a gun in my car and I'm going to hunt someone down, there's a, there's a motivation of murder. And so it's all about the heart. I said, if, 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 if someone breaks in, you better be ready to protect your family. You better be ready. You better not be sleeping. You better be ready. And that's what being vigilant is. I'm the protector of this home. I'm the one. Man up. Begin to be a person who's, who's looking ahead, planning ahead. Hey, am I ready? Am I prepared? God is calling men to be men. And there needs to be a fight on the inside. There needs to be something that rises up, both spiritually and physically, that I'm not going to be taken advantage of. Humility doesn't mean that if someone messes with me, you, you, you won't catch the, the, full, for, the full force of, of, of my, my strength. You don't, you don't mess with my family. God has put me as the protector of my family. Lord, thank you for the angels, but I thank you for the ability to stand up and be a man and not back down when the time comes. That's it for today. We're going to have a part two of this. Where are the men at? If this has helped you, please share the podcast. We love you. We'll see you on the next time.